peace, love, joy, power, and unity. Welcome once again to another exciting and informative journey with Black History is 24-7 permanently. We're sponsored this portion of our program by the Least We Forget Black Holocaust Slavery Museum located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where they leave no stone unturned. And we're sponsored by the National Congress of Black Women, where women are making a difference. Hope you're all doing well. I'm delighted to be your host today. I'm Nia 2X and can hardly contain myself because who has joined us today is already in the history books And even today, he is writing his story as a huge, exceptionally valuable contributor in black history. Our very special guest is Joe Madison, the Black Eagle. Thank you, Mr. Madison, for being here to speak with us. And I want you to know, indeed, we are truly appreciative. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, and, you know, I I know that... We were supposed to get together earlier, um, like last week, and but you know things have a way of 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 working out because as we're doing this show, I had just gotten an um, an email uh, from a, a listener of my show on SiriusXM that uh, said uh, Stacy Dash D A S S H who, you know, goes on Fox, actually went on Fox, uh, you know, this morning, um, and this would be uh, the Wednesday after Martin Luther King's uh, holiday, and said that there shouldn't be a black history month because there's not (laughs) a white history month. I mean, I cannot begin to tell you uh, just how um, stupid uh, <laughs> that sounds, and for an African American woman uh, to to um, uh, to put herself in that uh, position, one of my um, uh, producers said, well, you know, Mr. Madison, what do you expect? Her last movie was Clueless. And, <laughs> and, and you know, and I don't you know, she, she, clearly, she, clu- she clearly is, is, is uh, clueless. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about, uh, I mean, you know, Carter G. Woodson would be rolling over in his grave if he uh, 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 knew that, you know, that she would be saying things like that. And, in, in this day and age in 2016. So, uh, you know, the timing is perfect because if we'd have done this interview earlier, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to just tell you how conscientiously stupid she she is. And I can't do anything, but uh, I, I, it makes me realize the damage that has been mm-hmm. done to black people uh, from being kidnapped from Africa, the uh, Middle Passage, the horrors and unbelievable practices of chattel slavery on through Jim Crow, segregation, and even up to today, 
not having uh, just peace from being black and peace from being appreciative, the damage of some of our minds as exemplified by Stacey Dash making that statement uh, just it's like she's on another planet in a world of denial. Yeah, um, you know, and I guess we call them parallel. In. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like parallel universes, and and you know, and I, you know, I'm sitting here like in my um, in 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 my uh, office, and I'm looking at uh, uh, all these books, Two Nations by Andrew Hacker, that goes back to when I was in college, Slave Nation, uh, <clears throat> the Miseducation of the American Negro. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, all of these, uh, the race beat, uh, you know, the press civil rights struggle and the awakening of a nation, um, you know, you, 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 uh, dark bargain, which is about the, uh, the, <clears throat> the constitution and the whole slavery debate and, and how much of that is, is was ever taught in my high school or your high school or even in some cases the college and then she has to ask she has to make the point there's no white history there's white history 24 hours a day seven days uh, a week and and this is why black history uh, from the late great founder dr carter g woodson uh after he discovered the lies and the cover-ups, if you will, yes. uh, that was told to black people and to America, the world, about black people, Dr. Woodson dedicated his entire life to uncover and reveal and to teach and to write 16 books and, of course, oh, his most prominent book, The Miseducation of the Negro, and maybe she should start there. Man, well, that that that's uh, you know you you know you you probably have to start her with a comic book uh, or a coloring book. I mean, you probably you probably yeah, have I to mean, start her with it. Oh, been. I mean, you know, and, and then uh, you mentioned, of course, Carter G. Woodson, and and you know, and and where he was educated. He I mean, he was educated in an institution of higher learning uh, that. Uh, uh, in fact, was primarily financed by slave labor, uh, and because uh, there's a great book out uh, by uh, Craig Stephen Wilder, he he spent a decade studying uh, the f- formation of Harvard and Yale and Brown and these schools we call Ivy League schools. A great book called Ebony and Ivy. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to tell her to uh, start, but it, it's fascinating. You know, March will be, if I'm not mistaken, Women's Month. I guarantee you she won't go on Fox Network and say there shouldn't be a Women's Month uh, because, uh, you know, I guarantee right. you that St. Patrick's Day she won't go, and you won't hear a single Irish person Say they they shouldn't pause to celebrate St. Patrick's or 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 on in or a, um, a Columbus Day, uh, even with the lies and the and the 
misinformation we learned about uh, Columbus. I mean, th- this is, it was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who, in one of, I think one of his most profound statements, is very seldom heard, uh, but he said, he said, the two most dangerous things in, 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 on the planet is sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Mm. And 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 I that is that is such a profound statement. Now I don't know which of these oh. apply to her. Right. I don't know if she is sincerely ignorant. I mean, you can be sincerely ignorant just not knowing, or she can be well paid, bought off, and just conscientiously stupid, and then. Allow yeah, herself and, you know, to be you, used. You're kissing somebody's behind. You, you, if you say something that your master is pleased with, you're going to say it. If he's going to throw a couple dollars at you, uh, a couple crumbs, you, you're going to sell out and say things that make your your master the master of your thinking. You you see this culture of Europe Europeans as being dominant or what have you, but you're really not looking with the third eye. There are things that are happening on the planet that are unexplainable. When you talk about the weather, uh, there are signs of things that are happening, and they're really, in in my uh, analysis, black people are on the rise. I see black people on the rise not where I'm going to find it from ABC or, or your other major networks. I see black people on the rise as a sign when President Obama, uh, unexpectedly, at least it was unexpected in, in my uh, opinion, it really surprised me and made me, uh, with, it filled me with so much joy when he became the 44th president of the United States. But there's signs that are taking place that uh, I really have learned from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, uh, as he was taught from his teacher, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, a, a book that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote is called The Fall of America, a interesting book that predicted things that we're seeing today. So that's why I see us as a people on the planet on the rise, but it's not being reported so we don't recognize it. And when you talk about women like Stacey Dash, who makes ignorant comments like that, uh, she still hasn't, uh, she just hasn't recognized the value of herself obviously, or she really just believes that. I just can't believe she believes that. Black history But I think you have to understand is, is that she has determined what her, her value is. Uh, someone, you know, once said to, uh, once showed me a great example. I was, I was in a meeting, and we began talking about uh, tokenism. And the greatest lesson I ever learned, a guy reached into his pocket and he pulled out some coins. And in that, uh, in his palm of his hand was uh, a quarter. And he said, you know, we were talking privately. He said, Joe, what's, uh, 
uh, what, how much is this quarter worth? And, you know, I thought he was playing around with me, and I said, come on, man, it's worth 25 cents. And then he's, he, he showed me, he said, Here's a, he said, that dime, what's that? I said, it's a dime. He said, how much is it worth? I said, 10 cents. And then the nickel. I said, okay, man, five cents. And he, and then he pointed to a, a New York City subway token in those days. And he said, how much is that? New? I said, that's a New York City transit token. And he said, now, how much is that worth? I said, I don't know. He said, whatever the city of New York says it's worth. Whoever gives you the token. She has determined what her value is uh, to those people who sit and watch Fox. But go back to what you said. It, it, it's, it, the, the universe is full of this knowledge. 75%, the late great Francis Welsing pointed this out, 75% of the people that, oper- that, com- con- that exist on this planet are people of color. They know their history. This history is not a secret. Right. Uh, this history is, is, is there. It's just a matter of, of one being thirsty for the knowledge, and I firmly believe one of the problems we have, particularly in this country, is that our people are no longer thirsty for, uh, for, for knowledge. We're thirsty for foolishness, but we're not thirsty for knowledge, and we have to create a thirst. We've got to make them thirsty for, for the kind of knowledge that you're talking about. And, uh, you know, I can't do anything but concur uh, because, in fact, that's what we're doing. We are joining the great people. Remember when Jet Magazine used to come out? They always had a page for uh, recognizing blacks in history and around the country that were making a difference and a positive contribution to the community. You can look in the Washington Informer newspaper today. They constantly have a black history journal as they report the uh, local news, uh, different radio host, Tom Joyner, uh, something about black history, Roland Martin on his television show. Um, I can't get, I have a flip phone, so I don't get your radio program after you left uh, Radio 1. So I'm, I don't know if you do this week in black history but i remember no we do something we we do something even better than that every hour first of all we got to do something about you having a flip phone we we got to we got to help you i know i know and look oh look i look the young people i i'm personally i love the flip phones but my 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 children, you know, oh, Dad, you got to get rid of the flip phone. You got to get on. You, come on, you got to get into the 21st century. But, uh, but, it, but, uh, but here's here's something we do, and and we do this every single hour. Good. Every hour, we start the show, the hour every hour with a Black History fact. Yes. Every hour. 
and we've been doing that for years, for years. And 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 to be quite candid, people who tweet or go on Facebook, that is one of the most popular uh, uh, segments of our show. And oftentimes, it's nothing more than a than a paragraph. But what it does is it encourages people to dig deeper about something that the majority of them or someone they never heard of. And it, it, it crosses all, uh, all disciplines, finance, education, science, medicine, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, religion, and people are absolutely flabbergasted. That's what I mean by, I, I'm, I'm being very honest when I said there's a thirst, you create a thirst, and people are thirsty for that, that history and that knowledge. And so there is the reason that, you know, you have uh, at least, one month, and then, you know, folks used. To, I, I guess, I guess, uh, 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 I guess, Nina. Most folk have forgotten. Before there was a Black History Month, it was what just one week. And I understand that uh, he, when Dr. Woodson started, it was Negro History Day. Well, and I, you know, and, and that I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not that familiar with that part of it. it but I wouldn't be surprised. But for years, for decades, it was just a week, and that was now, it. yeah, and that was it. But what I what I make sure that we understand is that I make sure we understand every day is is Black History Day. What we do is focus and then use that as a springboard to continue. You don't, you know, you're you're constantly learning. You're constantly uh, studying. You never stop, never, because there's we. It's just the tip of the iceberg that we, especially in this country, it's just we've just begun to scratch the uh, the surface. Absolutely, we're listening to Joe Madison, the Black Eagle. You can hear him every morning. I believe your hours are six to ten a.m. Yeah, six to ten a.m. Um, and please give, uh, out, we're, give we're, out that information, please. Yeah, well, we're exclusively now on uh, on Sirius XM. We have uh, our our channel is uh, one twenty six. It's called Urban uh, Urban View, and uh, there there are it's twenty four hour African American talk. Uh, we we're there, and when people ask, "What do you guys talk about?" and ladies talk about, we talk about everything. I mean, every aspect of of our culture, our society, our history, our politics. We talk about everything. I mean, um, that so we kick it off in the morning, and then of course uh, one of the technology like you're using now to do this show is amazing. You know, when we to think that we've gone from uh, AM stations, maybe an FM station, to now a satellite where you can literally be in Washington, D.C., let's say in your vehicle, and drive across the country, Nina, and never have to change the channel. 
never have to change the channel. And it's um, crystal clear. And it's crystal clear. So you can go under a bridge or you can be out in the middle of a desert or you can be in the mountains or you can be in a city and you never lose the signal. And then the thing that I just learned how to operate myself because the technology changes so rapidly, um, if, if, if you can literally go on demand, on 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 an iPhone. That's why I said we gotta get you an iPhone now. You can go on and get you an app, the SiriusXM app. You can go on demand, and let's say the two of us were talking, um, and you say, "Well, darn it, I missed that interview." You can literally go on demand and get that interview anytime you want to. Uh, let let me give you an example. We just did a two-hour special at the National Press Club. This is talking about history, uh, where they discovered, the National Press Club discovered a lost tape, a speech, of Dr. Martin Luther King in July of 1963. He was the first African-American the first black person to speak at the National Press Club. And I'm sorry, that's July 1962. Forgive me, 1962. And he had just uh, gotten out of jail in Albany, uh, Albany, Georgia, and came here to speak. Now, here's what I want your audience to understand, speaking of history. The National Press Club was founded in 1918. They didn't have a a single black speaker until Dr. King spoke in July of 1962. Now stop and think what I just said. Yes, sir. You had you had the likes. Can you you had the Marcus Garveys. Uh, you had you just think of all the history that we made between 1918, W.B. Du Bois. Mm. Think, think, think of all the history we made. Benjamin think of all Lee, the accomplishments. Oh, look, look. Oh, Ace, hey, thank you. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, we, we had Nobel Peace Prize winners. Um, we, we, you had Marian Anderson. You mm. had Jesse Owens. You you had Jackie Robinson. I'm just speaking in sports. They had sports figures. Yes, they had politicians, you know, and not one African American. And it took it took some a, a, a member by the name of Simeon Booker, who's now 97 years old. He was one of two blacks who were members of the National Press Club, and he was on the committee that invited Dr. King to be the speaker for their luncheon. And they do that luncheon even to this day. Wow. And, and the chairman of the committee that, that invited speakers resigned his chairmanship in protest. Mm. Because in protest. Dr. King was invited to speak? And yes. And, and so that speech had been lost for 50-plus years, and they found it just about a month ago. And, uh, and so, our, uh, so they asked me to moderate a panel discussion, 
and we actually you can actually go online uh, and 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 go to our website. I mean, go to uh, the SiriusXM Urban View website and hear the complete speech. It has not been heard oh. in fifty. Three years now. You want to talk about history? I mean, yeah. that, for example, Car- Carter G. Woodson should have been in in invited. Thurgood Marshall least, yes, should have been in in invited. You say Carter G. Woodson and who else? Oh, pick somebody. I mean, <laughs> no, you the, just the, name the, the go, you, I to you go. Him. I mean, you go from just go from 1962 back. To 1918. Pick somebody. Pick somebody. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it, and no one was allowed to speak until nope. Mr. Nope. Booker. Um, no, that's right. Until sure. Simeon Booker. That's right. Now, until I remember he, uh, he used to write for Jet Magazine, didn't you he? Ab- and you brought it to me, and that's why I mentioned it. Remember he used to have in Jet Magazine, they used to have the ticker tape. I remember this the ticker tape. I see it in my head, the t- sir. The ticker tape, remember? And the ticker tape was about what was going on all across the country, all whatever, you know, whatever was happening in different cities, what, you know, different cities, uh, different states. And he he used to do, and, and what was going on in Congress, and absolutely. And that's when, you know, I've had people, like, for example, folks have asked me if you had the choice to be on the cover of Jet Magazine or uh, or Ebony or Time Magazine, which would you choose? And I always told, and I say it without hesitation, I'd rather be on the cover of Jet Magazine. Absolutely. Because why? Because it was in every barber shop. It was um, it was on my grandmother's coffee table. It was in every beauty shop. It was you know it was everybody. Oh, it was the place to be. Yeah. If you made it in Jet, that was our our black voice, our black face. That's I mean, right. you, you were getting the story. You were reading it from a perspective that you didn't have to doubt. Whether the story was tainted, I mean, Jet Magazine was just the the communications. When I went away into the military, in fact, uh, I was stationed out of the country, and for me to keep up with what was going on in the state, that's right. It was J E T. It was Jet Magazine, and uh, the beautiful pictures that would be on the front cover. Uh, that was just a publication that black people were proud, just very proud of. And it was definitely informative. And when you talk about writers like Simeon Booker, you, and I think Lerone Bennett Jr. Lerone Bennett Jr. Lerone Bennett Jr. Lerone Bennett Jr. I think yeah. he was one of the editors for Jet Magazine. I mean, look, what the one, the one author that really cemented my 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 uh my understanding of history was his his great book um uh, you know there came before the mayflower mayflower oh and, yeah and 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 i be i'll be honest with you i remember sitting in the, the university library and the book was on a back shelf somewhere collecting dust and i and i pulled it out and I sat there and read that book cover to cover, and I—I I, I mean, I ended up breaking down in tears after I finished that book. I understand. Um, be, well, because because I had realized 
what Carter G. Woodson uh, said when he when he said the miseducation of the uh, of the Negro. I it, it hit me like like a like a, a ton of bricks, and 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 but but again. Uh, this is, and, and again, remember now, most of the, when we talk about the civil rights movement, there wasn't a great deal of media coverage by the networks and, and by mainstream media. There might have been a, a, a column or two in the, in the, you know, maybe in some of the major newspapers, hardly anything on the networks. And, and, and if it hadn't been, uh, for the Johnson publication, and before that, there was the Pittsburgh Courier, the Chicago Defender. Uh, these publications were extremely important uh, to to the uh, civil rights movement because that's how we found out what was going on. Yes, sir. I, I know uh, uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan often talks about the crisis. Magazine. I must have been either oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in diapers. I, I don't remember that one. Well, I, I actually served on the board. Yeah, I served on the board of the uh, of the Crisis Magazine for uh, for several years. I was on the board of the NACP, and one of the assignments uh, that I accepted uh, as a volunteer was to uh, serve on their uh, advisory board uh, to keep it alive. Um, uh, to to and it was where again Du Bois published most of his uh, his columns and his writings his essays uh, often got published in the in the crisis uh, in the crisis magazine. Who published the crisis? Well, the NAACP did. I see. Okay. It, it was the it was the uh, the official publication of the NAACP. And, uh, and 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 it basically was started by the likes of W.B. Du Bois and I James see. Weldon Johnson. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and and they they and uh, before there was you know really any um, any real magazine out there. Then of course you fast forward to. George Curry's book, uh, a magazine, Emerge, which by and the I way, and I think he's, he's trying to bring it back out he's online. He's trying to bring he's trying to bring it back on online. Yeah, and, we got to support him. And yeah, absolutely, and people can can go online actually and contribute. Uh, he is, you know, he's trying to raise money now. And one of the things we did on our show uh, was to. Um, uh, to give people an opportunity to send in a donation and get that magazine started, and it will, be, in essence, be online because that's now where m- most people read information. And Lord knows we need an Emerge magazine. We, you know, because George Curry is, is a, a well-trained journalist who understands our history understands uh how to use the media to challenge us uh and uh, i hope like i hope he does get it uh, uh get it started again but once again you said it though didn't you we have to support it if you think <laughs> the yeah. other side if you think that the 
uh, Stacy Dashes of the world and the Foxes of the world and and the Bloombergs of the world are going to uh, uh, support that. They're not going to support it. Of course, they don't want it. Uh, they don't want that magazine to uh, to uh, uh, to uh, to to be back out there for people to read. So we have to support it, of course. Absolutely. Uh, are we going to take a quick commercial break? Our special VIP guest today, and that's exactly what he is. Our guest is Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, flying high and doing what he always does. He shares, he teaches information, facts, and truth uh, about not only our history, but he's candid about our current circumstances, and we want to hear also what he has to predict for our future of being black in the world today. This is Nia 2X Radio, the voice of the people. We're going to take a quick sponsor break, come right back to our guest, and inquire more about him as a black history maker. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Nia 2X. President Barack Obama, the 44th and current president of the United States, is another black history maker. Despite, of, despite rather, all of the unfair and diabolical disrespect he endures while in office, be sure to get your copy of the countless accomplishments and his successes during his first year in office. Share with your children and grandchildren's children the accomplishments of President Barack Obama his first year in the White House. Order your copy today at VLB Productions at Verizon.net. That's VLB Correction, VLB Pro at Verizon.net. Copies are only $5, and with shipping and fees, a total of $8.99. To know and share what President Barack Obama accomplished just in his first year in the White House, featuring Dr. E. Faye Williams with the facts and details, be sure to order your copy. Dr. E. Faye Williams is... CEO and President of the Hardworking Productive Organization, the National Congress of Black Women. Call them to find out much more of what they are doing in your community or go online at nationalcongressbw.org. You can phone them also at 202 all right, we're back in uh, the studio with our very, very special guest, our brother, who has put his footprint deep in the sand and is continuing to do so from his diligent, persistent work on behalf of black people and on behalf of humanity. It's your brother and mine, our brother, Joe Madison, uh, the Black Eagle. He can be heard on Cyrus Radio at Channel 126 on the Urban View, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And he is always found working and exposing us to intelligent 
and profound thoughts, making us think and making us realize that we can do so much more to contribute to putting humanity back in a proper position here in our universe, on our planet, uh, today and for tomorrow. Mr. Madison, a lot of people are excited that you were coming on today because a lot of us believe we know a lot about you, but I am willing to believe there is so much more we don't know about you. Uh, Tell us where you were born. Tell us what influenced you as a young man to, to manifest into the civil rights warrior you are today. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, I was born and grew up in, uh, in, in Dayton, Ohio. So I'm, I'm straight out of the, out of the Midwest, um, reared by grandparents, um, and you know, to answer part two of your question, there were so many people that uh, influenced me. Um, my minister, for example, who was an extremely intelligent man, Father uh, Father Cochran, uh, who, by the way, um, was a, was very much an activist during his young years down in in uh, Florida, um, and then. Uh, there was uh, the the great educator, Dr. Arthur Thomas. Dr. Arthur Thomas, uh, when uh, ended up being the president emeritus, the president of Central State uh, University uh, in um, in Ohio near Wilberforce. Uh, but when when the way he influenced us, and this is this is uh, true. He he actually taught a, uh, a black history course after school. Um, he 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 was a a, a student advocate, but he was a a, 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 a trained educator uh, with a doctorate degree in education. Um, used to be a principal of a junior high school. He went on, as I mentioned, to be. Uh, um, a, a president of a university, but after school, he actually taught a black history course on his own time, his own money, and the thing I remember was many students from different high schools. There were there were basically three uh, African American. Uh, predominantly African-American high schools in, in Dayton at the time. There was, of course, Dunbar, Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Then there was a school I attended, Roosevelt High School, and then Roth, and I think he was at Roth. And he would, and, and kids would walk, <laughs> would walk from oh. different neighborhoods after school oh. uh, and sit in the classrooms. And 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 listen to him lecture, and one of the things, and and then during the summer there was there was these special uh, programs uh, that to you know where CETA programs where we got jobs in the summer, and and before we would actually start work, he would do uh, he would have Black History lessons, 
And what, what type we, of uh, what, what was he teaching all the time, and what year? Around what year? No, no. We're, I mean, he taught us everything. I mean, you whatever was in Lerone Bennett's book, he he taught that. Oh. I mean, he taught us he, he global, domestic, you name it. He taught it, and and um, and and one of the reasons was he said, look, some of you, and we're talking maybe uh, the you know mid to late sixties. This was prior to King being assassinated. Okay. He said, he said, many of you will be going on to college, and because because of of, um, of, of Brown versus Board of Education, uh, because of, uh, of of the work of the Civil Rights Movement, you're going to be going into colleges and universities where you're you're going you're going to be undervalued simply because of the color of your skin, and. I'm going to arm you with the knowledge of who you are. Oh, right now. Now that that's that was his that was his whole point. He says oh. I'm going to arm you with the knowledge of who you really are, so that you so that you will have the tools necessary uh, to 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 uh, do what you have to do uh, to deal with what you have to deal with, and that's why he he taught us. Um, and so when you talk about influence, he was an influence. I mean, but there were people that I had ne- that I didn't meet until I was much older, and an activist that influenced me. Ernie Green, the Little Rock Nine, they influenced me um, because you have to remember in those days, uh, network news. A lot of people. It's hard for them to believe it with 24-hour, seven-day-a-week news <laughs> on CNN. News only came on. Network news was only 15 minutes long. Oh. And 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 a lot of people don't remember that. But but I I recall. You know, what's what is going on down in Little Rock, and who are these teenagers? And that's what they were. Remember, they were teenagers who were being spit yeah. upon, who were fighting to go to a school. Uh, and, 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 I mean, why was edu- – and if education was that important to them, then it must be important to me. Uh, he influenced me, and then, Lord, you know, then I grow up, and, and Ernie Green is one of my best friends, Julian Bond, the late Julian Bond. Um, yeah. Just a, 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 a mentor of mine. I I I, I met Julian Bond um, just about a month after he had been nominated for vice president of the United States at the Democratic Convention uh, in Chicago. And Who was he running we, under? I'm sorry. Who was he running under? I, I didn't remember. I didn't know. That. Oh no, he. It was well. It was 1968. He. He, the Democrat, they they were trying to seat um, uh, African Americans from the state of Georgia, uh, at, who had been denied a seat at the Democratic convention in Chicago. In order to, it was a strategy. In order to get the delegates' credentials and get them on the floor to take their position at, at, with the state of Georgia. Their strategy was to nominate Julian as vice president at the convention, 
and he was nominated, and 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 this was before Barack Obama was thought of, and right. he gave one of the most amazing speeches uh, about uh, racial equality, political rights why the state of Georgia's delegation was illegitimate because it, it did not represent the uh, uh, black people. And I'll give you something that a lot of people don't know, but when, when the black folk uh, left for uh, Chicago from Georgia uh, to come up to, the, to Chicago to... Uh, to attend the Democratic Convention. And remember, they were going to protest to get their rightful seats at the convention. They didn't have enough money for hotel rooms. What a lot of people don't know is that Julian Bond went to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to get the money for the Georgia delegation to be able to have hotel rooms. And people don't may not understand how significant that was because in those days the Nation of Islam did not encourage voting, mm-hmm. and 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 so that is probably one of the best kept secrets, when it comes to our history, uh, and 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 it was really uh, the Nation of Islam through Elijah Muhammad. That said, fine. We'll, 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 even though we won't be there, we believe in what you're doing. I see. Beautiful. We believe in what you're doing. Yes, and sir. And so they provided the funds very quietly, behind the scene, and it was never recorded in history. That's what black history is all about. Yeah, uh, it really when is. Can, when we can tell our story from those that were literally there, not not those that want to come along and tell us uh, information, uh, and you weren't even there. You know, you were there. You were in the heart of the struggle uh, back in the 60s, the 70s. Tell us, uh, what, what was that like? What was one of your greatest moments? Was speaking with our guest today, Joe Madison, oh, known I, as the like, Black I mean, Eagle. But that's like, I mean, that's like asking <laughs> no. you who's your favorite. No, who's your favorite child? Look, I what I what I, I have, what, yeah, what what I, I've what always. What moment stands out for you? Is that is that better? Uh, what what, no, what three no, moments? How about what three no, moments? No, not even that. I mean, okay. I, I, I and I guess when I I don't I you know when it's one of the it's most, so much. Look, you, you you thank you you know i always believe and i always ask this on my radio show is when you get, when all the talking is said and done the question everyone has to ask themselves you have to ask it i have to ask it it's not what is what are you going to do not i mean what is what are we going to do what is this leader going to do what is that leader going to do the question you have to ask yourself is, what am I going to do? Come on. And, and the reason that I raise that, and I ask that every day, people call my show and they wax eloquently. Some people call and they just want to be heard. They just want to be heard. Okay, I understand that. And so the only thing I ask is be accurate, be honest. 
you know, don't don't just call up and and talk stuff and 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 or talk about something you don't know anything about. Be well, honest. Not. <laughs> no, I, and I and 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 because you want to be authentic. So the question after everybody's finished talking, I always ask, okay, now what are you going to do about it? And I get silence. I always what we call crickets. I hear crickets. And, and 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 because and the reason I asked that question of everybody is because everybody can do something. That's right. Most people don't do anything. So when you ask me, you know, what are you know, it's not moments that I deal with. See, Doctor Professor Ron Walters, political science chairman, formal form. He's 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 since gone now. Yes, and I mean, boy, do we do we miss him? But he was chairman of the Howard University uh, political science department. But someone once asked him after a lecture at Fisk University. He told me he's, he he asked him said, Doctor, you know, what's the difference between a moment? and a movement because he has said he was telling young people you have you guys have a, a series of moments it's a moment you go to this rally it's a moment then you go home what's and then somebody stood up and asked him what's well what's the difference the difference between a moment and a movement he said one word sacrifice i see movements require sacrifice so when you ask me uh like okay so it's it's like it's a series of it's a series of movements that have taken place uh, we were in south sudan uh that was a movement to create a country uh, it, there was slavery going on we we had to f- even fight against the people who didn't believe it was was happening but we kept fighting we had to go to a war zone it was not just a moment right. um, I, I i i think about when when i lived in uh, detroit i was uh, 24 all of 24 years old head of the NAACP 10,000 member organization and I remember back then we we um, we organized the NACP youth to fight against black exploitation films. <laughs> My goodness! Now think about this. This was okay. back in the seventies, and this was the move when the movie Superfly, and and black men were being primarily stereotyped and portrayed as pimps, women Superfly. as prostitutes. Oh yeah, yeah. women were being portrayed as prostitutes, That's and right. that was the that was the only role they could get. And so I organized the youth of the NACP to go out and picket in front of the movie theaters. All hell broke loose, and the people, some of the people who gave me the hardest time, I thought would be Hollywood. Well, they mm-hmm. did, but it was. It was some of some of the older members of the NACP who, wow. by the way, di- well, didn't want their children picketing oh. in front of the movie theater. But what was ironic was many of them, when they were younger, picket Rosa Parks and I. We started a movement where the city of Dearborn, which, by the way, now has m- the largest Muslim 
Arab population outside of the Middle East at one point wouldn't allow black people to use their public parks. Mm. And, and we started a boycott. So you couldn't, we said, you're not going to shop in, don't shop in Dearborn. Don't spend a dime in Dearborn. Don't buy gasoline. Don't do it. And Dearborn was right across the street. It was a neighboring community, which was the, 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 the home of Ford, of Henry Ford and Ford Motor Company. All hell broke loose. Who gave me the most difficult time? <laughs> Basically, the mayor of Detroit, uh, some of the black leadership, because Henry Ford picked up the phone and called and said, you got to stop this uh, boycott, uh, you know, who gave him permission to do this and, and, and is causing me to lose money. But it was too late because the people of D- Detroit were ready to boycott and 75% of them stopped shopping. And, and on, by the way, on what turned out to be Black Friday, because that's when Rosa and I announced, when Mrs. Parks and I announced, that w- that we were going to boycott Dearborn. If we couldn't play in your parks, then we weren't going to pay in the stores. Now, Let me ask again, you, uh, the set, but wait, here's the point sure. I'm making. Yes, so sir. when you ask me a question, what's mm-hmm. your, you know, you, uh, you know, what stands out, the point I'm raising is every... Every movement that we that I was involved in required sacrifice. Yes, sir. And and oftentimes you sacrificed a job, you sacrificed a career. I, I, I can't even tell you how many times my life has been threatened. Mm. Uh and so today you ha- we have to ask ourselves, what are you willing to sacrifice? I see. What are you willing to sacrifice? Because these, you just can't show up at a rally, go home. Okay. Show up at a, an event, go home. What are you willing to sacrifice? Because if, you if you're not willing to sacrifice, you can't create a movement. All movements require sacrifice. Profound statements. And as you stated, uh, you actually heard Mr. Daniels, Walter Daniels, uh, the political science teacher at Howard University, uh, make the point, and you embrace Ron Walters, Ron, Ron Walters, Walters, Professor yeah, Walters. Uh, Walters. That's okay. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, Ron Walters. Thank You're thinking you of Ron Daniels. I'm buddy Ron oh, Daniels, right? New York. <laughs> yeah, I'm from New York, right. That's uh, you okay. know, yeah. um, I wanted to ask two questions, but I, I see your point, because your life, uh, at, I'm trying to, to – get some black history points, and you are bringing black history points out that we didn't know. Like I stated, we don't know much about you. We think we know. There are details here and there. I'm I'm sure there are hundreds of details, and and that's what I'm trying to, to get out, not the hundreds, but whatever we can get out so that we can continue 
to sit at your feet. I mean, whether you like it or not, you are our teacher. We well, you're not going to be, you know, I'm, I'm, but I'm going to tell you, see, I'm going to say, yes, I'm, you can't sit at my feet because my feet are always moving. You can't sit at my feet because I'm, I'm always uh, moving. Well, I, you maybe know, I better let get let, an let iPhone. Me, maybe I better get one of those telephones. You, oh, so yeah, can, you better, so yeah, you better. Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> tell because I, I was making a, a, a point, again, uh, like, for example, you were talking about, um, uh, you, you know, uh, the, the sacrifice. One of the things we did last year was we went to Cuba last year. Um, I, I actually did, and most folks didn't even bother to write about it, actually did the first radio broadcast from Cuba in 50 years. And this uh, is what we need to know, and, another and, black and, history fact. Go ahead, and, 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 and 50 years. Cuba, we, we went to Cuba uh, with a group of journalists and, and academians, and, and we asked for permission to actually do my show from Cuba, from Havana. Wow. Now we had. To, I'm going to tell you something. We, you know, ch- we thought the chances were going to be null and void. They, they, they obviously did their due diligence, uh, checked me out, and they, 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 they allowed us to do that broadcast. Now let me tell you, it, 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 it's not something where you just pick up the phone and and we had to get a studio. We had to get an agreement that our satellite had to match their satellite, talk to their satellite. Now, think about this. A a U.S. satellite had to communicate with a Cuban satellite, and these folks hadn't talked to each other in 50 50 years. years. Good point, good point. And And the irony of it is that both satellites at the time were over Africa. I, I mean, it was it wow. was hilarious. Then, then, um, then we we uh, I you know Black History Month. It was all, it'll be a month uh, a year ago uh, next month. Okay. Serious uh, XM Serious XM asked if we do something special for Black History Month. So, one of the things I decided to do was to break the Guinness Book of World Records. And did um, 52 straight hours. Oh. I broadcast. I broadcast for 52 oh. straight hours. Oh. For, but the purpose was not to get a plaque, you know, which I've got on my wall. You know, it's not worth anything because my name's on it. But I've got a. a, a the, what I did was raise money for the Af- new African American. Museum that's oh. going to be open this t- uh, going to be open this year, and we raised uh, while on the air for 52 hours. We raised um, over two hundred thousand dollars. I remember with people, uh, call- you with were, people calling in. I remember when you were receiving the Good Brother Award at the National Congress of Black Women. One profound statement you made, and I've been sharing it that most of the contributors to the new museum was from black people? Yes, 
That was at Efe Williams' event, yes, and sir. a lot of people don't realize that 80-plus percent of the 1 million donors, 1 million or more, 80 percent came from African-Americans. That, that's some huge information there. Uh, make no mistake about it. Are you excited about the museum opening, and do you have any details of what we're going to see when we go inside of that museum? Oh, it, let me tell you, I'm beyond excited about it. Um, I, I mean, one of the things that, uh, uh, it, I mean, I, you, you can actually go online, uh, the Smithsonian Museum, and all you have to do is uh, Google uh, the uh, uh, National African American a museum. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's just so much. For example, they they have one of the uh, sleeping car, one of the sleeping car uh, uh, porter sleeping cars that actually the museum was built around. It's going to be an interactive museum. You, for example, you'll be able to do your talk show oh, right. from that that museum because they're going to have uh, a, a performing. Studio, but this is. The, I mean, they, they have, for example, um, Harriet um, Harriet Tubman's, I think, Bible. Wow! Uh, and Shaw. I mean, there are so there is so much, and they're still collecting uh, items. Uh, they just uh, they just. Uh, I think that Lonnie Bunch, Doctor Lonnie Bunch, he, he he was in he was in South Africa not too long ago. And they found remnants of a slave ship that had come from Mozambique. Most of us think that the the, the, the that most of the or most of the slaves did come from West Africa, right. but there it, there's a large number of slaves that had that came from Mozambique uh, and Madagascar and had to sail around the uh, Cape of, of Good Hope. And and then across the Atlantic, down the Indian Ocean, the coast of Africa, around the Cape Good Hope, and then uh, across across the Atlantic, and they found remnants of that slave ship. Um, you know, I've lost track of all the of all the things that they have found, and most of these things they found that in people's attics. Uh, people's homes. Yes, authentic artifacts. Oh, yeah. And it's not just about slavery. I mean, this is the other thing. You know, people think it's going to be a slave museum. There is a slave museum, as you well know, one of your sponsors uh, out of Philadelphia. No, this is, this is, this is about, uh, about our history. Yes, sir. And and how and and it, and it's global. It's just not national. Uh, it's uh, global. And there'll be oh. fun things. There'll be fun things like um, uh, like uh, James Brown's organ and you know his oh. outfits and and um, and things like that. You know, and and so you you got a lot of. A lot of items, uh, but and a lot of and there'll be a lot of interaction, so young people can go because you know they want to be able to touch things and and go online and 
and um, and a lot of video things. But it's a it's a beautiful uh, building, a magnificent building. And I'm so proud I'm not, that our people. Yeah, yeah. I'm so proud that black people are 80 plus percent contributors financially to our story. And uh, that's going to be in Washington, D.C. as a national museum. So when you're you're visiting Washington, D.C., it is certainly one of the places uh, you want to stop to visit, as well as the Frederick Douglass home in Anacostia, Washington, D.C., and and, uh, Dr. Carter Woodson's home in Northwest. There's so much black history around the country. Right, uh, right, and you can still... and you can still contribute. Now that's the other thing. Okay. You know, they, 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 people, and and once again, we always talk about you know, uh, uh, you know, when other folk don't contribute, and or or we get upset because uh, the, you know the money that comes from somewhere else. Look, you can. They are. They will take your money, whether it's five dollars or or five million. The the bottom line is you can still. Uh, contribute to this, and this is what I encourage. Alfred, I don't know if you're familiar with Alfred Avenue Baptist Church in, now get this, in Alexandria, Virginia. This is a small Baptist church donated from its own treasury $1 million. Wow, 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 wow. $1 million, one church. One church. One, one million. church. Yes, sir. One, $1 million. Wow. Uh, uh, so, and, th- and these are the kind of things that Lonnie Bunch is trying to get across uh, to, to everyone. So that's why we, I did the marathon. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you, you, know, oh, you broke the Guinness. You broke the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh. Okay, all right, yeah, but that was not the reason for doing it. How much did the you raise? Re- the reason for doing it was... Every hour was to have people call in and donate as much money as they could, and we 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 thought we'd stop at a hundred thousand. We said, "Well, you know, we'd be lucky if we raise a hundred thousand." We raised. I know we raised over two hundred thousand. We yes, stopped sir. at two hundred thousand. We that stopped at two hundred thousand. Yes, right. sir. Remarkable, and that was tremendous sacrifice. Um, no, uh, let me tell you, you stay up for 52, hours you, you stay, and look, here, and the deal was, I had to talk, I had to, I had to, like, for example, uh, I interviewed Dick Gregory, Lord knows if you've ever interviewed Dick Gregory, sometimes you're lucky if you can get two questions in, right? <laughs> and, 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 cause Dick is just, I mean, he's just so full of knowledge and information, Yes, sir. but the, but the rules of the Guinness people was that I had to speak every minute. Wow. So, so if he, if he started on a rant about something, if Dick Gregory started talking about it, I had to say something every minute, even if it was, wow. oh, yeah, Dick, you're right, or, oh, wow, okay, because they had, I couldn't remain silent, because you, you could let Dick heard. talk, I had to be heard, and we had to have, we had to have four witnesses. Every we had to have four witnesses 
every four hours, mm. and none of them could be family members, or could they, or could they, they couldn't work for Sirius XM, uh, and they had to be different every four hours. So, How many you days know, were you there, Mr. Bassett, in Cuba? Uh, we started, let's see, well, 52 hours. I think we started Wednesday uh, morning at 6 a.m., Went so yeah so we went until Friday. Mm. Uh, we went until Friday. Yeah, went on yeah nonstop. I at the end of each hour, uh, I could get uh, what was it a five minute bathroom break. Mm. At the end of each hour, I, they would give me a five minute uh, bathroom break. Mm. Uh, but uh, but once again, you know the purpose was for what. To raise, raise that, money, you know, raise for, money for that, for that, for that museum. Now this was February and, and, 2015. Yeah, yeah, it was 20 February 2015. I want to ask you another and, question and go back to Sudan. What year were you in Sudan? And I was in. I, I had gone. I had gone. Been in and out of Sudan uh, over uh, over a period of eight years. I see. Uh, we, we, this was, it was, you have to remember, it was one of the longest civil wars. And as I said, it, you know, a lot, it put me in direct conflict with some of my friends, people that I admired, people had chosen sides. Um, and, and that's one of the things, too. You, you do what you believe. Uh, you, we, you might disagree with people. But at the same time, you you have respect for their position, and and hopefully they have respect for for your position. Of course, uh, we now know South South Sudan is now a country; it's the newest country. Um, there's still conflict uh, in that country, but but you know the United States when it was a new democracy, you know there was tremendous conflict which lasted. Uh, well, you know, from the um, from the late 1700s until we what fought the Civil War, and uh, so you know, so that's that's not new when it comes to the development of of countries. Yes, sir. Uh, but we but we were there. Um, be you know, because I was there primarily because because there were there were people being slaughtered there were children being slaughtered um and and i i i just was not going to not do anything and that just as simple as that and i used my radio i mean i i remember when we were dealing with the uh, whole CIA crack cocaine. Oh, Dick Gregory yeah. and I. Let's get into that uh, before the end of the program. You remember? Yeah, you remember that. Oh, I and remember this, when you chained yourself well, along with. We Dick went Gregory out. That, and that, we Mellon went out. That's right. We yeah. Uh, we went out to. Uh, we went out to the know gate. Him as Mark Thompson, go ahead, sir. Oh no, we went out to the gate of the CIA. Sure did. And demanded that uh, the director of the CIA meet with us and explain how is it that all this cocaine is getting into the country to the point where it was coming in uh, in, in such tonnage 
that they were changing it into crack cocaine and it became an epidemic. And, of course, the country responded by putting people in jail. You know, you could have one rock of crack cocaine and you'd get damn near a life sentence mm-hmm. and you and somebody could have powder cocaine, a ton of it, and, and might get rehab. And, and we went out. And 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 had and had been arrested twice. And let me tell you, you want to talk about worry. You want to talk about sacrifice. You want to talk about of uh, uh, frightening people. Uh, even my wife said, "Wait a minute, you messing with the CIA." <laughs> and uh, 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 the bottom line is that there were very few people who would join us because we were taken on the the cia but we ended up being right and gary webb who wrote the book a dark alliance uh and he, he worked you want to talk about the newspaper the mercury in um, the Merc- in san jose san, san jose san jose, san jose. and yeah, right san up jose near mercury. san francisco comes up yeah seriously well well you know apparently now listen to this shot himself in his head in the head twice come on now listen Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and but he lost his job. Yeah, he was run. I, he was run out of you know out of the field of journalism. They didn't at first. They they gave him awards and then they denounced him. This is but it, but it wasn't a a moment. It was a movement. And look what he point. sacrificed. It's back, back to the to point. point of, that of movements sacrifice. require sacrifice. Absolutely. Dick and I were thrown. Dick and I were thrown in, were thrown in uh, in jail uh, on one, two, I think three different occasions. Mm. Three different occasions we were thrown in in jail to the point that the last time around, the lawyers for the CIA came to the courtroom and cut a deal with the judge. Uh, they they didn't want us arrested. Well, they didn't want us in jail. Because they knew that that would 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 cause a lot of publicity, so, but the judge cut a deal on this true story, and we got it. They found us guilty, and and gave us uh, probation, and told us that if we get arrested one more time in front of the uh, uh, CIA, they would. Uh, they would put us in jail for I think it was ninety days to a year, oh. you know. And and <clears throat> and um, uh, but we, you know, we did what we had to do. Absolutely. And 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 remember, the director of the CIA ended up going to Los Angeles to meet with the community. To meet, unheard of unheard of here was this big powerful agency and the head of this agency and thank god for maxine water there you go come on who who forced who forced the head the director of the cia to come to south central los angeles and try to explain what was going on absolutely i mean it's like those days were yesterday in my head and in my heart and it's another reason, Mr. Madison, why we do our program, because these events need to be talked about from 
the individuals like yourself who were there, who actually did the in, who actually did the work and made the tremendous sacrifices so that we in the community could better understand how crack cocaine came into from the west coast and uh, and the involvement around it the involvement in it and to expose the yeah. information it was brother baba dick gregory our brother and guest today the serious black eagle joe madison and we know that Marcella and Fume, known as Mark Thompson, also played a role in going to jail. I don't know how many times, but we have to get our story and information out to the people so that we can better understand when you see Joe Madison, when you see him out, we still don't know half of his story, but we do know some of the profound contributions he is still making. I didn't know about the 52 hours. You're hearing it right here on Nia 2X Radio, the voice of the people, with our very special guest, Brother Joe Madison. If you're just tuning in, you can hear Joe Madison every day, every morning, on Sirius XM Radio. And you can hear him on Channel 126 on Sirius XM Radio, on the Urban View. He's on Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m., and he's giving out information like he is as our guest today, and he's also sharing others that come on air. This is what we need to be listening to. He's a guide, a teacher. He's a leader and indeed a strong activist in the black community and around the planet. Now, Mr. Madison, mm. we had a little over an hour, so the only way that you can do our audience the justice they deserve, you have to come back. Well, we'll be glad to, and, and, and let me tell you, we need to do this, uh, and, 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 and we need to start t- uh, talking uh, to each other. I know we've been talking a lot about history, but look, every day we make history. Look what's mm-hmm. going on in Flint, Michigan. Uh, mm. Look what with the with the water situation mm. there. And and by the way, a governor and 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 others, elected officials and appointed officials. Look what's going on with the Detroit public schools, a school that's majority black. Look yes. what's going on uh, with the Black Lives Matter. They're treating. Black Lives Matter, the way they treated the Black Panthers, the way they treated the SNCC kids, uh, the the young people in SNCC who are constantly terrorized uh, by white supremacists. Uh, It's like, see, it was was James Baldwin, and I I, I read something he wrote the other day. Uh, It's a great book called The Last Conversations with James Baldwin. It's a paperback book. I'm telling you, it's a fascinating book where he was dying, I think, of cancer, if I'm not mistaken, and his brother arranged for several reporters uh, to do an interview with him. And James Baldwin, man, he one of the things he said, that you cannot know what's going on currently around you 
if you don't know what happened behind you. Mm. And, and so when you look at how history can repeat itself over and over again, so look, I, I, uh, uh, my wife who just walked in and is now telling me that there's another pro- program we're going to have to be involved in, but I got to tell you, I'm, I, I, I've so enjoyed this. I want you to keep doing what you're doing. The technology that allows you to do what you're doing, you're taking total advantage of it. And the only thing I'm going to do somehow, some way, is I'm getting you an iPhone. I'm going to get that. You, you can still hold on to your flip phone. You can, you, you can hold on to your flip phone. You know, I got. I'll have to find a. a I have to find a, a, a cousin or a nephew to show you how to use it, but uh, you you got to get into the 21st uh, century. I think about it. Since you said you, oh, it, I, you I got, will you got, you got to do more it, and think about I, it. Trust I'm not me. convinced. One, oh, look, once you, once, look, if, you might as well be doing smoke signals. <laughs> let, let me let you go, and thank you so much for oh, having right me. Right before you leave, right before you leave, Please a comment to the listeners about Sunday's announcement from President Barack Obama preventing uh, war in Iran. If, if you share that sentiment or whatever your sentiments are about well, I, I mean, President well, Obama I, look, first, and that region. Well, well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know which which one you're talking about. I'm talking war. about when uh, the the prisoners were released and the president used diplomacy. Rather than, uh, oh, uh, rather than blowing them up. Oh, yeah. Right, I mean, right. but, but yeah. I mean, look. First of all, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, we. First of all, you hit it. I mean, this this is uh, this is a president who has a tremendous amount of respect. He's not perfect. Lord knows he's not perfect. But but you know, it, as we we are living in a time. And here's what I want people to understand. And Martin Luther, and I'll close with something Martin Luther King told a group of young people in Canada on Christmas Day, I believe it was a sermon he gave. We live, we are the only generation of humankind that lives under the constant threat of being the last generation of humankind because of the potential of war, of, of, of nuclear holocaust. No other generation before us has ever lived under the constant threat of total annihilation. There, there are enough weapon, nuclear weapons on this planet to blow up the earth 25 times or more. And I'll leave you with that understanding. And so when, so to, and all it takes is one spark, is one spark. And, and, and yes, they, they under, and so now Iran, and by the way, it's a young country. Most, 50% of the population of that country is under the age of 21. Oh. 50%. It's- Fifty percent, they want to live in the modern world. Yes. They want to live. They want to be able to do business with us. They want to be able to be educated. They want, 
they want to be part of 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 the uh, of the world, and that's why elections are so important. Because listen to the opponents hmm. of Barack Obama and what they're saying, and what they would do, or what they would have done. Hmm. And all it would take is it would fall like dominoes. So I, that that's what I what I leave you with. Uh, I, it it it. Um, it, we, it, these are dangerous times. These are we're, we're, these, these are very dangerous times, and and we cannot afford apathy. We cannot we cannot afford indifference, and that's one of the reasons racism has existed is because people are indifferent to white supremacy. They think it's all well. It, it, they they are indifferent to what we go through. They're indifferent to our history. They and that's why the Trumps of the world hmm. and the, the 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 we started off talking about Stacey Dash. Hmm. I mean, you know, she's 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 worse than Tokyo Rose. And if I have to tell you, who Tokyo <laughs> I mean, Rose but it's is, real I mean, talk. I think she said she wants yeah. to take BET off the air. They didn't put oh, something in her drink. That's all. Yeah, something. And, and, yeah, uh, she. Yeah, know, she's, drink, she's drinking. She's drinking mm. the Kool Aid. And uh, you no know doubt. the reality. The reality is, like most people like her. Uh, you know, I, 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 let's go to what. Hey, let's close with what uh, what uh, Carter G. Woodson said that when you control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. You don't have right. to tell him what, uh, not to stand here or go yonder. He'll find his proper place. And, 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 and if there is, and, 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 you, and he said, he said uh, that uh, you do not need to send him to the back door. He'll go without being told. In fact, what did what did uh, Carter G. Woodson say? If, if there is no, no back door, back door he'll, he'll cut one. He'll right. cut one for mm. that perp, for that benefit. Mm. For that, you know, and that's why education and our education is so necessary. She, this woman will. This woman will make you know, and people like her. They they they, they don't even have to be told to go to the back door. Right. They automatically do. How sad, but true. Yeah, it is. But you know what? You know what? But 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 you know, thank God there aren't that many of them. (laughs) We pray. (laughs) Have have a good (laughs) day. We pray. Oh, please don't. Thank you. All right. Our dear brother Joe Madison. Thank you to you and your family. Thank you to our sponsors. We're going to get another uh, interview off. Uh, and keep it right here on Near 2X Radio, the voice of the people. We're going to be interviewing Dr. Ife Williams in a couple of days, as well as Sister Sudan Muhammad and all of her charity to the homeless that is sleeping in the street and is coming straight from her heart and her kitchen and her family and so much more. Thank you to the Black Eagle indeed, Joe Madison. If you didn't catch the interview from the beginning, you can, and you can also listen to it over and over and over again on your smartphones as well as your home computers. Indeed, I'm going to think about getting one. I mean, Joe Madison, my teacher, he's saying get one, so I, I have to listen to my teacher and go and investigate about getting a smartphone and not using yeah, just, my yeah, flip okay, phone. Yeah, get, a, get one of your nephews or your nieces <laughs> to help you out. God bless. I got a row. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 
Indeed, I want to say thank you to all of the uh, listening audience today. And as well, thank you to our sponsor, J. Justin Ragsdale. He is the curator, along with his wife, Gwen. They invite all of us to visit the most extensive collection of authentic slavery artifacts of its kind in the country. They leave no stone unturned when the Black Holocaust Museum details the ongoing story beginning with the transatlantic slave trade. The museum is good for adults and youth to learn and know the facts and to see actual, punishing, horrible, and horrendous hardware as well as authentic documents that lay out hidden information they articulate in their presentation called to experience the least we forget Black Holocaust Museum of Slavery. Located 36 50 Richmond Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's owned and operated by Brother J. Justin Ragsdale and his wife. They privately own the museum. Call to book your visit at 215-397-6060 and go online for more information at Lest We Forget Black Holocaust Museum of Slavery. Thank you to them as well as our sponsor, Dr. E. Fay Williams from the National uh, from the National Congress of Black Women. Indeed, thank you to our engineer today, Peanut. Peanut is on the wheel of steel, holding it down. And indeed, our profound guest, as you have heard, or you want to start from the beginning of the interview, Brother Joe Madison. You can hear him every morning, Monday through Friday, that is, on Channel 26 on Sirius XM Radio and listen to the Urban View. All right, remember it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Leaders read and readers lead. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Nia 2X. And this is Near 2X Radio, the voice of the people. Listen to any show at any time, and thank you for all that you do. Let's keep it moving. Stay strong. Peace.